Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast, where I provide you content to help you go win. And go win is about defining that win and discovering those right things in order for you to achieve that win so that you can live out your greatest story. And so when you think about me just sitting down, having great conversations with great people or reviewing my blog or are just all sorts of fabulous ways that I spew out content or try to create opportunities for content. It's all about you going and winning. And today, ladies and gentlemen, today I have Jance Miller with me. And Jance and I met because of a good friend just sending me an email saying, hey, you got to connect with Jance. She's fabulous. She's doing some amazing work. And whenever your great friend sends you someone that you need to sit down with, uh, you do it. And so Today, you will get the opportunity to kind of just watch me get to know a little bit more about Jance. I know uh, from her because of social media. I know what my friend said about her. But today, I'm just digging deep and trying to find out and discover as much as I possibly can. Now, we've already done that pre-podcast conversation, which they tell you not to do. But we've already done that. Uh, but now we're going to go a little deeper. And Jansen, hello. How are you doing? Thank you for driving to Guthrie, America. Uh. Thank you for having me. And I love that you call me Jance because my close friends call me Jance. So we're already close friends. So <laughs> Wait, how do you say, how are you supposed to? Jansen. I mean, that's my Jansen. full name. But oh. my close friends call me Jance. And oh, so Jance. I, yes. you just already knew that we were supposed to yes. be friends. And you just skipped we're, that phase. We're I already connected in that way. <laughs> I so, love it. So let's start out. Tell, tell me about your drive into Guthrie, America. And kind of, we were talking a little bit about how you use that time. Uh, you call it the net. You got it from Tony Robbins. Yes. No extra time. Net what, time's a big deal. Net time's a big deal. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So driving up here, I think it was about a 40 minute drive and we're going to be moving soon. A little bit closer to Guthrie. I'm excited because I love this town so much. It's the coolest small town yes. in America. Thank you, know? you. And so the net time is all about utilizing that time that is no extra time. So doing that with podcasts, having audiobooks. Whether you're at the gym, whether you're on a commute, whatever you're doing that you have that time built in anyways, you might as well use that to your full advantage. So that's that's kind of the easy way if you're looking for personal or professional growth, use the net time. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about where you're from and kind of what that was like for you growing up, wherever you were from. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Winniewood, home of Tiger oh, King. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, we moved whenever I was 13 to Sulphur, Oklahoma. And so it's, while it's only about 20, 25 minutes away from Winniewood, the, the landscape's a completely different ballgame. I mean, that's where the only national park in Oklahoma is located. And I just was used to, it's kind of like being surrounded by beauty and really taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. And so while it was beautiful, I mean, I had the typical small town experience. Um, a lot of people, you know, just assume that you're going to marry your high school sweetheart and work in the town and stay in the town. And... For me, as much as I have the utmost respect for anyone who does that, because now, I mean, I can't imagine how terrifying that is to go back and be like, hi, I'm not my old self anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is me now. Yeah. But it was just always knowing I want to be where the people are. Kind of like the Disney movie. I want to be where the people are, like Ariel style. And so knowing that as much as I love my small town and I still travel back there as often as I can, it, I always knew that the Lord had something for me outside of that mm -hmm. space. And so that's been kind of cool to discover what that is. Yeah. What would you say that people, you growing up, what would people have said, hey, Jance is going to be this when she grows up? I think 
I had a lot of a lot of teachers say I was going to be a lawyer because I love to argue. Okay. Um, and I think that's the thing too is I've always loved to tell stories, and so it's kind of cool to look back at the veins mm-hmm. of that and to see if I really dug down deep to think of what am I. I am a storyteller, you know, whether that's just being in a room full of people where I feel confident, really connecting and telling funny stories and grabbing the attention or blogging or being on camera or speaking to women or whatever that looks like. Really, it's all just about telling stories. Yeah. And so as a marketer, you know, they always say, you know, facts tell, stories sell. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to bring in my personal joy of storytelling and now as a professional being able to say, there, there's a connection there that yeah. stories matter. Yeah. So t- tell the people who are listening exactly what you do and early. Well, I like to p- get people to tell early, like how can people find you? Tell a little bit about what you do and how people can find you. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I am a marketing consultant. I've always been in marketing. I always knew that I wanted to be in marketing. Um, I think for around 13 or 14, I was any product I could get my hands on that I loved, I was just selling people on it. That was just what I loved to do. And so I always knew that that's what I wanted, but I didn't always know that I would be taking the route that I am now. So I'm a marketing consultant. You can find me at Jansen Miller on Instagram. That's kind of my my easy way to be, or LinkedIn. Um, And then recently launched a church consulting business uh, called Emerge Church Solutions. And really the premise there is I love small churches. I I believe really there's the heart behind small churches and it's easy for small churches to connect the authenticities there, the connections and the relationships are deep. But sometimes, especially in this newer age, they might be missing out on some of the outreach and marketing opportunities that they might not have access to. Mm -hmm. So, and especially with young people, I mean, young people, if you're not growing young as a church, you're growing old and ultimately you will die. And that sounds really dramatic, but it's, it's the truth. And so as a young person who really loves the church and as a marketer who knows there are some really easy, low hanging fruit opportunities for small churches to act on, I just felt it in my gut that that's where the Lord was leading me Mm. to use my professional skills and mold it with my faith. So for, for us who may not know what marketing consultant is, can, can you almost break it down and, and explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old oh, to yeah. where, where, I can, and where I can get in for the people listening? Absolutely. So for me, that is, I started out as a small business marketing consultant. So really looking at helping small business owners, looking at all the opportunities in front of them to get their message or their brand out there. So whether it be teaching them how to utilize social media, writing content, creating that content for them for social media, looking at their website, looking at all of those community outreach opportunities that they have to go make their message known. So that's, that's where the marketing piece comes in. And I think the big thing is always, especially for small businesses and now for churches, it doesn't have to be as complicated as everybody makes it out to be. Marketing doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's really about being authentic and showing who you really are because people don't remember brands that are stagnant. They don't remember brands that are fake and that don't have integrity. They remember the brands that have a personality that really show who they are. So I'm able to come in and say, as an outsider, this is the potential I see in you. These are the potential opportunities for growth. Let's leverage them and go really deep on the individual strategies. That's good. When, when thinking about the messaging part, because oftentimes that's some of the biggest challenges, right? Is like, okay, how do we get our messaging exactly the way we want it 
what would be like one tip that you would give someone that is trying to really help try to kind of hone in their messaging? I think the biggest thing for me has been locating what are your, first of all, who is your target audience? Because I think so often we, we get so far ahead in our brains thinking this is who I want to serve, but we don't really think about who is this brand created to serve. And so getting really clear about who your target audience is, is the first step always. And then from there, almost doing a checklist of what is every problem for mm. that target audience that you can come up with? What is every problem they have? And listing that out. And then on the other end of it, looking, what is every win they have? What is every excitement celebration they have? How can I speak to what they're going through? And so you list these out and by the time you're done, you should have 10 to 12, mm -hmm. you know, knowing if you know who your target audience is, you know what they're going through. And then you build your content around that. It's yeah. about pain points and opportunities. Yeah. And so using social media, like there's different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, like there's just so many different so platforms, much. right? And you're trying to communicate your, your messaging. And one of the things that I hear is like your messaging, sometimes that needs to be different for each platform. Mm. And you're talking small businesses, small churches, like to have a social media team, to have someone on your on staff of a small business is typically almost impossible. Yeah. What would be something just to kind of help those people out who may not have that budget to be able to do that? Like, how would you convey to them to be able to utilize social media in 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 the most simplest way that they don't feel overwhelmed doing it? I've had to learn this the hard way uh, because my my why in life is really not about churches or it's not even about marketing. It's about serving women. Mm. It's about helping them pursue their growth potential, helping them, you know, live more authentic lives because it impacts their relationships. It impacts their business. It impacts their faith. So on my personal Instagram, I know I'm speaking to women, mm. right? Well, I launched a church consulting business where you can imagine my target audience is a bunch of middle aged men. Yeah. And unfortunately, middle-aged men aren't really hanging out on Instagram. That's not the platform that they're spending a lot of time on, especially if you're looking at pastors, if you're looking at, you know, this leadership team of small churches, they might not even have social media. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest, the biggest thing I would say is go where your target audience is. Don't be so so consumed with trying to do everything on every platform, mm. get really clear about who you want to target and where they are and then go deep on that platform. Mm -hmm. And so I don't always do that perfectly. I, as much as I say, like every doctor needs a doctor, I'll probably at some point as a marketer hiring a marketer because you never work on your business as much as you yeah. do other people's. Yeah. Um, but that's been the one thing that I've had to get clear on is you don't have to do something just because you're comfortable with it and you don't need to go deep on a platform that you're not going to get a lot of ROI. You need to go where your target audience is. So taking time out just to really see where your target audience may be hanging out at and then maybe focusing on that. So maybe you're not on all of them. Maybe you just say, hey, Instagram is going to be my thing and yep. I'm going to go for it. And just when you do that, like looking at your Instagram, I mean, you have a beautiful Instagram, like the pictures are all look great and it looks like there's a mix of family and business personal. Can you talk to that? So let's say that someone says, Hey, I'm going all in on Instagram. 
should I do personal and business or do I need to have a professional photographer every time I post something? Right. What would you speak? What would you say to that? I think it's changed so much. I'm happy with the way that Instagram specifically has changed mm -hmm. because you know, when you start doing trainings three or four years ago, they're telling you to have this picture perfect catalog, right? They're telling you to use your page as a beautiful, you know, example of the life you want to build. And I'm like, yeah, nobody buys that. You know what I mean? Because even if you have a beautiful photo, the words you need to have need to be real. Yeah. And so we're really starting to see this more, this realness that we haven't seen from Instagram in a really long time. And and there was a while on, especially during the heat of COVID, I'm not saying we're out of it, but really that March, April, May, where I just looked up and said, ah, you know what? I don't really have the right words to say. Mm -hmm. And I want to be intentional. I don't want to just post just to post. I, I want my words to matter. I want my content to matter. And I kind of just went dark for a little bit, but it's because I, I do believe in, in, in sharing what you're really going through. And so whether that's in marriage, in friendships, in business, in your faith, just giving people a real look into your life and, and not putting all the messiness out there. You know, you, you teach from your scars, you don't teach from your wounds. Yeah. And so I think it's just really cool with Instagram specifically to see that's where the app is going is in a more intentional, authentic manner. Yeah. Um, do you think it's hard? Like how, I know that you say look for your audience to kind of see where your audience is at. Um, but there's people who just have an itch to be on all of them. Mm -hmm. If you if you have to have that itch and if that's the thing that you're going to go for, is there a way to kind of say, hey, if you're going to do it that way, manage it this way? What Would you speak to that or you just be like, don't do that? <laughs> well, I, I think every person's different. And I, I tend to, um, ambiguity is my biggest enemy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for me, not having a clear focus is, is not the right thing for me. Yeah. I tend to get overwhelmed and I really am able to zero in um, and, and focus on one thing and, and just kill it and then move on to the next thing. So for people who are like, you know what? I wanna be on all of them. I, I wanna journey into TikTok, which if that's you, props. I mean, yeah. <laughs> as a marketer, I, I'm just not going there. I can't do it. I can't learn another app right now. And especially now that Instagram came out with reels, I'm like, yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy in my comfort yeah. zone over and here. And the chance of uh, TikTok not even being around. Right. You know, that's another thing. It's You don't want to invest in something that you don't know is going to be yeah. there. And so, you know, with Zuckerberg owning the Instagram, you're like, hey, we know it's probably going to be around yeah. in a little while. But for the people who really want to try out different platforms and try new things, I think the biggest advice I could give is view everything as an experiment. Because I think we tend to go into these apps or the social media with an expectation of, I want to go viral, or I want this post to just really connect, or I, I really want this many followers. And, and the point is not that. The point is just you're trying something new on a free platform for your business yeah. or for yourself. Yeah. You know, we're not, unless you're doing advertising, which a lot of brands are and it's working, but unless you're really paying to play, you are getting these apps for free. And so it's an experiment. You don't mm -hmm. have to hold yourself to some pressure or some expectation. You get to try it out. You get to see what works for you and then you get to pivot. Yeah. So just not going into it zero minded on what you think the outcome is going to be. For sure. Now you you mentioned earlier that you feel like there were some things about you as a kid that spoke to you being this marketers again talking messaging is really about storytelling. You saw some things in you that you thought when you were younger that kind of pointed to 
what you do now. Can you give us some instances? Like what were some things that stands out to you now? As far as like, I was kind of a storyteller when I was young. Like what, what did that look like for you? Were you an artist? Were you, did you color? Did you sing? What kind of activities were oh, you in? Oh man, you don't want to hear me sing. Uh, <laughs> my, my husband can attest. That's, that's not, not the right that's, journey that's for me. It. Uh, but I think the biggest thing I can think about maybe isn't even as a storyteller. It's more leadership focused. Okay. Um, what grade, if you can tell me like a grade that, that this yeah. stood out to you or you saw this happening, or maybe if it was just all the way through your young age, you just saw yourself being a leader. I think it was, I, I really saw it standing out in junior high mm-hmm. is when it really started. Because as a young, young kid, I was as shy as can be. I mean, if my mother was here, she would say, oh my gosh. I mean, she never thought in a million years I would even speak in public whenever I was three or four. Let alone be on a podcast oh. in front of a camera that's going to be shared full of Instagram. And I love it. You know what I mean? Like, this is my joy. I love, I love being in front of people and I love talking to people. And so... I think that around four or five, I really started deciding when I went to school is when the storytelling began. That's when I just, I had to captivate the audience. I was always the comedian. Um, But the biggest thing leadership wise was really getting into junior high and moving schools as a 13 year old to a brand new town. I don't recommend any parents do that, by the way. Like don't, don't move your kids in junior high. That's a brutal age, man, to start all over, especially in a small town. Yeah. And so having to, Going from, again, I'm, I'm so confident in my comfort zone, going to a brand new space and having to say, who am I going to be now? Because nobody knows me and nobody knows my parents. And in small town, it's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. And so going from somewhere I was so comfortable to now a new school, a new town that we were just like everybody else. I mean, we, we didn't have these family-based connections for the last 60, 70 years that we had had in our previous city. Yeah. And I really had to learn how to have a voice. And I, I, had a, I had a close friend to me say, my 10-year reunion was a few years ago, and we were talking about going back and meeting and everybody. And she said, you know, I don't think you were as, I think you were misunderstood, is what she said to me. She was like, I think that you just had an opinion and you were able to see things other people weren't able to see and you weren't afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you can imagine the, the labels that can get thrown around with that, whether you're a male or female, yeah. that, that doesn't always go over well. Yeah. Um, being outspoken, having a voice. And so, I mean, there were times as even like a sophomore in high school coming onto the basketball team, the varsity, you're young, you aren't supposed to speak up. You aren't supposed to be a leader. You're just supposed to do what you're told to mm-hmm. do and keep your head down and just try not to get pummeled. And I just walked into it saying, that's not me. And I can remember going nose to nose with some older girls saying, uh-uh, like this is not how I want to do it. And by the time I hit my senior year, I just kind of took inventory of what kind of legacy do I want to create? Mm-hmm. Not only in life, but just like right now, what kind of legacy do I want to create? And I think that's something that young kids especially need to be asking themselves is not who do I want to be this year, not do, who do I want to be in high school. It's what do I want to leave behind? Mm-hmm. What is that going to be that positive legacy? And so... The, the big thing for me was <laughs> we had four uh, cheerleaders for our, for our team, you know, the past couple of years. And by the time my senior year got there, I hadn't cheered since junior high. And we all took a look around and we thought, uh-uh, this is, no. Like, our boys are seniors. These are our friends. These are our brothers. 
we are going to build a dream squad. You know, we're, we're going to really hit max capacity, which at that time was 16 cheerleaders. And we, I went around to the school and was like, I'm recruiting you. You're doing it. You're trying out. And by the time it was done, we had filled the squad. We'd gone from four cheerleaders to 16. And now looking back 11, 12 years later, they've never not reached capacity mm. since. Wow. They've competed. They've done stuff. And, and that's not me. That's, again, all of us coming together yeah. as a group. But it just takes one spark. Yeah. It takes one spark to look up and say, this isn't the way it should be or, or could be. And I want to make a difference. I want to create change. Mm. And looking back, while at the time I didn't think anything about what it could be 10 years down the road, yeah. I've talked to coaches now and gone home and you know just sat across on the couches and said, like, that's something you need to think about. Yeah is each young person has the opportunity to really do something cool for the yeah. future. That's cool. That's really cool. So did you play, did you end up playing basketball through your senior year? Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, there's stories, Eddie. There's so many stories. <laughs> what, what would like basketball talking about team sport and then you just mentioned community. So I think like what I'm thinking in my head right now, as far as uh, what I want to ask is kind of like, what was it like to be on the team? What were some key things that you learned from doing that? And then talking about community, going from there, going into Hannah, who we both know mutually, and the work that, that she's doing there and how that's impacted you as far as going being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Can you just kind of like, if you can think about all that, I can help you f follow along. Yes. But just think about that. And what does that mean? Just talk from that. We'll direct this yeah, as we go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Think about that. First, let's just talk about what, is it, what, what, what was something that you learned about being on a team at that age, mm. high school age? Because... High school age is really weird. It's like, a weird age. At, and sometimes you don't notice stuff then until later. Mm -hmm. Like what you were getting out of that now. What were some, some things that you, you think as far as being on the team you were learning at that time? I think I'm more, there are two big things that I think I learned. Um, the first leadership wise is you treat people at the bottom the same way that you treat people at the mm -hmm. top. Um, because I can remember, like I said, by the time getting to my senior year saying, I, I don't want to be treated, I don't want to treat the, the younger classes the same way that we were treated. So we're going to create an, we're going to create an environment of respect and we're going to create an environment where people feel cherished. And I didn't do this perfectly. I can look back and really, you know, just be mad at myself for the way that I treated some specific people, but we all learn and I wasn't, nobody's perfect, but I think as a whole, the focus was on team, mm -hmm. not class. And so now I can look back as a leader and say, that applies to anybody, because CEO, you, wanna, you should treat your entry level position the same way that you treat your upper management, mm -hmm. your CFO, your board. When you treat people with that same level of respect, no matter what they can do for you, no matter what role they play on your team, that's where trust comes in. That's where you build loyalty is by having that same level of respect across the board. And so that was my big thing that I was really proud of is to say, there were some some sophomore girls, you know, who would say, I, I thought you guys were gonna be mean. I thought you guys were gonna pig on me or bully me or whatever, and this is fun. And that just makes you happy. Yeah. And whether you're a senior in high school or you're leading a large company, you want your people to have fun, Yeah. you know? And so that was one of the biggest takeaways. The other, this is kind of what not to do. The best basketball game I ever played, I had a cold and was doped up on cough syrup. I mean, like, because I wasn't thinking. Yeah. 
<laughs> I wasn't afraid to fail. I didn't care yeah, if I missed that there. shot. I just did it. And you end up, because you look at my basketball stats, I didn't score a lot of points. I was a great defender. I was a great assister. But I wasn't, wasn't confident taking that shot. Mm. And that has really impacted me throughout my life. And if I could get in a time machine and go back, I would say, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And even if you shoot and miss, that's better than not shooting at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's the whole Michael Jordan. You miss, is Michael or Wayne? I can't remember which one, but it says like you miss 100% of the shots yeah, you yeah. don't take. Uh -huh. And if I could go back, that's the biggest lesson I learned of what not to do. Because that has really hindered me as a professional, as an entrepreneur, is because I really mitigate risk as much as possible. And I am an Enneagram three. I love the perception of having it all together. I'm an achiever, but ultimately you can't succeed. You can't grow if you don't try. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I learned. The biggest lesson is what not to do. Yeah. You got to take the shot. Yeah, that's good. You, you talked about community. Uh, and, um, we Hannah is the person that we both mutually know. She has a co-working space. Talk about you meeting Hannah and what being a part of a community means to you and and how that it sounds like somewhat has helped you transition into your entrepreneurship. Mm, that's good. To me community means safety. It means safety knowing you can be your worst and your best and still be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. And still have that support. That's mm -hmm. a big deal. And so Hannah having the treasury, which is a female co-working space, uh, downtown Oklahoma city, my husband and I moved back from California last year and we'd been in California for two years. I didn't have very many close new friends in Oklahoma city and I was really antsy to get plugged back in, but I didn't want to plug in with the, the fake way. I, my first career ever was in banking and as grateful as I am for that you had to put on a front, you had to wear a mask. Yeah. This was who you were, it was your professionalism. And so I just knew, I didn't want the typical networking, typical community that everybody else thought maybe I should have. And so I wanted to plug in. Yeah. So we moved back and I met Hannah at an event that she had hosted at the treasury and just, I fell in love with her, I fell in love with space and just, you know, energy does matter. And the energy that that space has is so, clean and clear and authentic that it, it just creates an attractive mm -hmm. vibe for other people. And so I knew right away, whether it's now or later, I want to be a part of this community of these, this, these women who are going out on a limb, who are trying new things, who are working for themselves or building companies. And, you know, I do believe that the people you surround yourself with that, that matters deeply. Yeah. And so if you're surrounding yourself with people who are afraid of risk, who are afraid of failing, who are holding you back because they don't want to see you fail, if the only people you spend time with are people who are scared and small, you will become scared and small. Mm. But if you are spending time with people who are going out there and, and taking that leap and doing big things and being willing to fail, whether publicly or privately, they're going to give you naturally more confidence to do those things just by being around them. So that proximity matters. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I decided in this time, in the season of being an entrepreneur. And again, starting a church consulting business as a 30 year old female, where my target <laughs> yeah, audience is yeah. middle-aged men. That's terrifying. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out, but, but I'm driven by passion and I'm driven by impact. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want is to create 
something that I see beautiful for this new age, you know, of what mm. churches can be. Mm. And so I knew I needed to be around people who were the way that they put it in the mastermind. Uh, my friend Naoma said, if you want to slay dragons, you have to be with other dragon slayers. Mm. And I thought, okay, true. That's, that's what I need right now. True. And so Hannah creating this beautiful community of women who are, who are out doing it. Yeah. I mean, they're doing the work and yeah. they're trying new things. And again, as me as an Enneagram three, the, the worst the worst case scenario is that you fail publicly and you look like you don't have your crap figured out. Yeah. And in that, I know I need to be surrounded by people who are saying, that doesn't matter. Uh -huh. That does not matter. Because yeah. one year from now, 10 years from now, nobody freaking cares. I mean, nobody is talking about you as much as you are talking about you. Mm -hmm. And so it's been cool to be around other risk takers who are pushing my sweet little conservative self out of my comfort zone box. That is good. Yeah. Community. One, uh, one of the things that we started here in Guthrie that we use often in the chamber is, um, use the, is this community wins idea that when we're all together, you know, we all win. Yeah. I, I kind of approach the things and, uh, understanding that community means that we have something that kind of all ties us together, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. And I think one of the things that ties for, definitely ties the community together. Uh, the treasure is you all are typically all entrepreneurs. Uh, but I like that you said that you learn together, like mm -hmm. you're in this thing and not only learn together, you're learning from one another by sharing stories. Like there's always this moment at the exchange where are at the treasury where Hannah is having somebody share their story, yeah. you know, a failing success is whatever that may be. And in that, I think that we, we, we do learn these right things that, we can apply to our, our lives, even even if that's a one-off, like I need to go get my LLC or mm -hmm. if it's um, I need to send out three handwritten notes a day because that helps me build relationships, you know, and I think learning from that. So marketing consulting, church consulting. To me, I almost feel like the church consulting is probably marketing consulting. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So so why why call them differently? What What's the approach there? Well... And I'm just going to, yeah, we'll be real always. Um, the true business marketing consulting, I feel like that is my comfort zone. I could do it in my sleep. Mm -hmm. It's it's easy for me. I love it. The church consulting is a little different because it's not just marketing. It is really looking, especially for a small church, looking at every opportunity for growth. So a big part of that is through marketing. It's looking at, I mean, does your church have a Google My Business page? You know, like a lot of small churches don't. Mm. So if, if people can't find you, they're not going to show up. So it's looking at your website. It's looking at social media. It's looking at all of the ways you're trying to promote yourself in your community to grow your congregation. But another big piece of that is looking at the different ministries that you have. Because I know I spoke earlier about the importance of, of really building community for young people. And when I say young people, I don't just mean youth. I mean young adults. Mm -hmm. So... 20 to 35 because yeah. I, and we all do things based off our own experiences. The reason why I feel passionate about this is because I've been a 26, 27 year old single in the church trying to plug in where I didn't feel like there was space for me. Yeah. And I didn't have a husband. I didn't have kids, but I also wasn't youth. Yeah. And so I was just in this weird middle ground and, and now it's not age determination. Now you can be 40 and feel that way, or you can be 20 and feel that mm. way. But specifically for that in between phase, where you're not married, you're a young professional, 
and you are seeking community deeper than ever before. Mm. You know, you're trying to find your way. And that is the biggest opportunities for churches right now is to connect with that age group because you say that age group again, millennials pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But meaning millennials are not the monsters that people make us out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, we actually care more deeply about community than a lot of other generations. We care about impact. We give more, um, we give more time. There's a lot of things that align with what the church could really grow from, from this generation. But unfortunately, we tend to forget about it, especially singles and young professionals or young marrieds without children. Cause it's the children's ministry has always been there and it will always be there. And it is a huge growth factor and the youth will always be there. But sometimes the churches don't really know what to do with this middle ground who are going through yeah. young adulthood and also dating and starting new careers and maybe even taking care of aging parents. There's this, there's this really ripe age group that a lot of churches don't have ministries for. Mm. And so in addition to the marketing, we're looking at who, who is here, you know, let's mm -hmm. survey the church and see mm -hmm. who is here. Let's promote what you're doing really well. And then let's evaluate who's not here mm -hmm. and let's evaluate how we can build community and programs for these people. Because as, as backwards as people think people won't come unless you already have the programs in place. They're not going to come and then you build the programs or the ministries. You have to build the ministries knowing that the Lord will provide that mm -hmm. if, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And if he gives you that opportunity, they will come. So it's marketing, it's ministries. And then the next piece is the financials is that I work with a consultant who really specializes in financial assessments, looking at the contracts, looking at maybe they've had the same liability insurance for 10 years and they may be overpaying by tens of thousands of dollars. And so it's looking at all the contracts and saying, where are the cost savings come in? Mm -hmm. Because looking at, you know, that may pay for our entire fee. Yeah. Plus, plus you're getting back more yeah. is who do you use for copy? Let's bid out some copy services. Yeah. Who do you use for insurance? Let's bid that out yeah. and let's find ways that you can be a good steward of what God's given you. And so, it's kind of all encompassing, but I think the biggest way to explain it is more growth consulting, looking at all the ways you can grow. Yeah. So t t like, let's just give out some nuggets if you don't mind, like yeah. a couple of free nuggets. Uh, talking about that, I'm with you, the, the young adults, probably what we call them, maybe the 18 to 30 year olds. Um, what is it that you've seen? What type of ministry or build, community building have you seen that you think if you build it, they will come. What is it that you said this needs to already be in place to attract them? Mm, networking, I, talking about networking, talking about groups. I think churches, and I'm not saying you have to host happy hours. Like I'm not saying you need to pass but out why wine, not? but if you're comfortable with that, honestly, <laughs> why not go have a beer with your pastor? You know, but I, I think it's just the, that's the low hanging fruit of what, what are the ways that, people are already connecting mm -hmm. and how can you really make that your own and create that in church? And so whether that's hosting, I wrote a blog about this a couple months ago for Emerge talking about the events for young people, for churches, Galentine's day, you know, I mean, single women, Galentine's day is now one of the biggest things for this, for millennials, especially. What is it? Tell, tell me what that is. Oh, it's Valentine's day for women. You're, you're, <laughs> cel you're celebrating your gals, you know, it's your friends. And, and most of the time 
you're doing it in a way of saying, I don't need a relationship. I'm content. I'm happy with my okay. girls. I don't need for some guy to send me a dozen roses on Valentine's Day. I'm going to celebrate with my friends. Okay. So Valentine's Day has become this phenomenon. Valentine. Yes. I it's from eat. Parks and Rec. It's okay. A, okay. It's a Leslie Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, which I'm a Leslie Nope in my own right. <laughs> okay. <you know? laughs> but Valentine's Day has become this big phenomenon in, in millennial culture. Why are churches not hosting things for, for single women? Yeah. Whether you're single, young single, or you're widowed, or you're divorced, or whatever, you are. it's right for the taking yeah. that you host an event where these women get to come in, you get to pamper them, cater a meal, bring in a few massage therapists to just do some little shoulder massages, have a message, have a quick snippet at the end about what you offer as your church for women, and call it good. Mm. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. But women feel loved. They feel seen. They feel appreciated. And more than anything, they're going to be more loyal to your church. Mm. And so whether it's that, whether it's hosting a happy hour for young professionals to come in and get to know each other. Does the happy hour have to be at a bar? Could it be happy no, hour at, at the, the coffee church. shop? I mean, or Think about like chamber church. events. Think yeah, about yeah. chamber networking events that you show up. Maybe they have you know, um, some adult beverages, maybe they don't, mm -hmm. but the whole point is creating networking connections. Mm -hmm. And so if your church just offered to create a space for young professionals to come to network, to maybe learn something quick, the same way that, you know, you guys are doing with all of your community connections, yeah. doing that for a church. And then at the very end, just saying, Oh, by the way, we have a, sp if you're looking for a space, we have one for you. Yeah. And because most people just don't know where to go. Yeah. They, you know, you, uh, I heard it said the, the two most beautiful words in the English language are me too. We all feel like we're on this island by ourselves. And when we feel like people are throwing us that, that life vest or that lifesaver, whether it's by saying, I have a space for you, or I know what you're going through, or, Hey, I've been through it too. That's where we connect is that authenticity and that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think churches are kind of maybe missing out on is the opportunity to meet people where they are yeah. and show them that you have a space for them. That's good. So I feel like you get more excited about the church consultant than the marketing. Oh, it's, you know, there's this, again, there's a story. I always planned on going out on my own as a marketing consultant. Always, always. I, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, as much as I hate risk, I always knew I wanted to be all, my own boss. Yeah, you know, th yeah. this girl ain't meant to be bossed around. But I went to a Tony Robbins conference last year. And as a Christian, personal growth can get a little bit dicey. I think I think personal growth for Christianity gets a bad rep because they assume mm. that you, you shouldn't be... Some people say, like, why can't you be content where you are? Well, mm. I think that God created each of us with a very divine potential. And then if we don't reach it... And we're kind of missing out yeah. on what he has, you know, blessings in store for us. Yeah. So as I say, with any personal growth, you have to take what, what serves you and leave the rest behind. There's mm -hmm. going to be some, some bananas, crazy stuff that they say, whether you're listening to a podcast or going to an event or reading a book, yeah. personal growth, they're going to say things that you don't agree with, mm -hmm. but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay. Sure. Like I got so many good things out of that. Out of the Tony Robbins event. Out of Tony Robbins yeah, event. Yeah. And I went by myself because I think oh, that's very you, important. You were all in. I was. I, I played full out, Hetty. Like <laughs> I, I sat by myself. Of course, God knew what He was doing because He sat me next to two incredible older gentlemen who yeah. just loved on me and supported me the yeah. entire time. Um, but it was like on day three that I had said, 
oh, I'm, you know, I need to start my own business and I, I need to start marketing consulting and I have side clients, but I don't do side hustles. I mean, side hustles work for a lot of people. They don't work for me. I can't mm-hmm. split my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there and it was like day three and you're going through these practices of limiting beliefs and what are your dreams and all these things. And it was like a lightning bolt. You know, you're writing all this stuff down and this lightning bolt came that was like, you've been talking about church consulting for years, just in passing. Yeah. More of saying, here's what churches should do. Yeah. And I'm equipped to help, but it's because I was playing small and scared because I didn't really know what I was doing. And more than anything, I had the limited belief of, I am a young female really preaching to small churches where some people may not feel comfortable being led with certain principles by a female, mm. especially a young person. Mm-hmm. So I had told myself for years, this won't work. They won't listen. And that was when I got the lightning bolt that was like, well, you haven't even tried. This is what you're passionate about. You're passionate about helping churches grow, about sharing your knowledge so that they can build authentic mm. community and while I still don't have it figured out, you know, it's been, that was last October when I officially went out on my own. Yeah. And of course there's that phase where you have no idea what you're doing and what does outreach look like? And I'm building the platforms and all of this. And then by the time I had just about come out of that COVID hit mm. and I thought, what am I supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, like, like, what's going I on? I mean, churches are like surviving. They're not thinking about growth. They're not thinking about thriving. We don't even know what it looks like day to day. But the Lord has been so good. I mean, he's brought so many small business clients that have sustained me and mm. I've been able to help and who have just loved on me. But he's always said, don't you forget, this is where we're going. Yeah. And so that's the piece of advice. I would go back and tell old Jansen being, you know, last year, don't don't be surprised if it takes longer than you thought. Yeah. And and don't be ashamed if you have to get creative with how you hustle. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's it's never a straight line. Mm-mm. And as much as I would love it to be that way, just to be able to make a call to past employers and be like, "Look, I'm so pr- don't you I'm proving to you yeah. that I'm good enough." But it's not. You yeah. just do what you have to do and you find support from your community, you find support from your family, and you keep the vision in mind. Yeah. And that's what drives you. That's good. What uh what's what size of small churches for you? I don't We I say five hundred or less, five hundred okay. members or less, but really specifically we're looking at four, three hundred members okay. or less. Um my dream is to be able to really help a small congregation of like a hundred people figure out what yeah. makes them great and yeah. be able to just share that with their community. Are you so Go in is about uh, being consistent in those right things that allow you to achieve the win that you want for your life so that you can live out your greatest story. Uh, essentially, I'm I'm pretty sure that a win for you is growing your business. Can you share one right thing that you're consistent in maybe daily or weekly to help you grow your business? What is that? What are, or maybe you share one or two of a couple of come to your mind mm-hmm. immediately. I think the big thing for me, the, the win for business wise, because I feel like we are, I'm just now getting remotivated, you mm-hmm. know, after, after a really dry season mm-hmm. of a lack of clarity, the big thing that is helping me is, and this is, I know a lot of people do this, but going back to the dream, to the vision mm-hmm. and the why, 
Um, something I do very often, especially when fear kicks in, is I write down the good that will come out of pursuing this mm-hmm. growth opportunity. And so something we talk about is, you know, you once you get clear about the why, the what figures itself mm-hmm. out. That's something the consultant I brought on, Barry, he's really big on that. If you if you know your why, your what and your how will figure themselves out. Yeah. And so for me, and again, this is, you you get in your own head. As an entrepreneur, you're your own worst enemy. And your growth is dependent on whether or not you can control your mind. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it has looked like writing down, why am I doing this? What is the good that's going to come out of it when I grow this business? And for me, that looks like, well, it's financial stewardship for my family. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm able to make a living doing this, I'm able to tithe to my church. Mm-hmm. If I'm able to grow this business and bring on employees, they will be able to tithe to their church, building that legacy. And then going further, like really digging down to who I'm helping, you're looking at, like we're talking about that lasting legacy. If I'm able to help a church even grow 10%, at this rate, if you're increasing at all and not declining, you're winning. Yeah. I mean, that's your goal. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're just growing a little bit. Yeah. But if I'm able to really help a church understand this new age, which can seem technology is scary, mm. I think, for a lot of us. And a lot of small businesses, a lot of small churches, again, they think they have to do it all. Do you have to know TikTok as a small church? Absolutely not. You know, you do need to use a platform that is connecting with young people, but that could be Instagram. They have reels now. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> Go to have reel TikTok. it up. Huh? You know, TikTok is cool. And if you want that, you can have it. But to me, if it's just helping churches see what they could be, seeing those opportunities that are right there that they just not might not be able to see, and then really creating plans and action plans to grow and to build that strategy mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. so that they walk away saying, we know where we're going. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Do you think... Um, Looking at your, your your why is something that you need to do daily or weekly, uh, once a month? Do you? What I, is I would it? say once a week. Okay. I mean, once a month, no less than once a month. Yeah. Um, because especially with goals, if you're not, if goals aren't in your sights, and that's probably the second thing I would touch on is having goals. Yeah. Having clear goals. And yeah. if they are out of sight, they are out of mind. So something I've had to learn the hard way is you know, your, your energy goes where your, or your intention goes where your energy flows or however that is said. But if you set the intention, your energy will go there. Mm. And if you're setting these goals for yourself, especially the loftier ones that you say, Oh my gosh, I can't do that. God's cool like that. Mm. If you're doing your part and you yeah. say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm putting myself out there. Here are the goals I have. Even if you fall short, you are almost guaranteed to be further along than you would if you had no, no clear way of, of, or direction. And I mean, if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? Yeah. You know, and sure. so it's as a business owner, but also just as a person and seeking personal growth, we have to have goals not to say like, my God, we have to hit them. We have goals that are just kind of, you know, loose journeys mm. that help us understand where we want to go. Yeah. And so for me, setting those loftier goals that may not make sense on paper, but that I say, I know this is where I want to go. Yeah. I know this is what I have planned. And if you put in the intention, if you put in the work, even if you fall short, you'll yeah. still be ahead of everybody else. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much for spending time with me. That's really good. I appreciate you. Have I been all over the board? I feel like... We've... It's a conversation. <laughs> like, 
I don't go to the coffee shop and sit down so I have a conversation. Be like, no, we need to stay right here. Stay no, I want to be everywhere. That's what makes it. That's what makes it a conversation. I love and it. so, uh, I'm just I'm just grateful that uh, you're willing to share those things with us. And uh, I I think uh, in it, people find the thing that they need. I, I say when we share our story, three things happen. Uh, we learn from them. We we we've learned from you. You sharing your story. We're inspired by you. Like anytime you talk to a, a person who's willing to jump out there and do the own thing, that's inspirational. And hopefully you'll, you'll leave out of here and somebody will connect with you from listening to this. And hopefully your community grows uh, from, from sharing your story. And so I love when people share their story. So thank you. This is awesome. I just appreciate you. You have a cool community, a cool platform and the big things ahead. Thank you. Tell people one more time where they can find you at. Yeah. So Jansen Miller, it's J-A-N-T-Z-E-N. My parents really set me up for success there. Uh, Jansen Miller on Instagram. Um, and then we've, we've talked a lot about this, but man, LinkedIn, that's, that's mm-hmm. the new age. That's where a lot of people are at. So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. I'm starting to share a little bit more business and personal, yeah. personal stories. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, go win. Mm-hmm.